Hello and welcome to this very special edition podcast for Wednesday, March 31st, also known in the church calendar as, hmm, there isn't like a Wednesday. The it's Wednesday not, before Easter, that's what it's known in the church calendar Holy as. Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. maybe? This is Maria. Maria is here with me. Hello. And today... As we continue through the passion narrative from the book of Mark, we are going to be talking about a very special passage in Mark chapter 14. Mm -hmm. Maria, take it away. All right. So I'm going to be reading from NLT, Mark chapter 14, 1 to 11. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages, and the money could have been given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money, so he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) I don't know what I'm supposed to say back. Thanks be to God. Yeah, thanks be to God. <laughs> oh, man. Shows how not Anglican we are. No, That's okay. No. We're working on our orthodoxy, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, Mark chapter 14. This is a heavy hitter chapter. Mm-hmm. This is a heavy hitter chapter. And I love that you um, chose to be on the podcast for this specific passage um, because it's one of the few passages that actually – um, is centered around a woman and um, mm-hmm. the act of a woman. And um, yeah, I, I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. So what's something that stands out to you? Um, I think the first, my first impression when reading this chapter is usually around the process and implications of what anointing someone means. Hmm. Um and the idea that it's been used, you know, throughout the Old Testament as to mark kingship. And then reading this is kind of like a double-edged sword. I, for those who don't know, I'm an English literature minor. Um, so seeing symbolism is uh, something that I've been slowly finessing over the past few years. And this idea of being anointed for burial, but also this idea of being anointed for kingship is very, I think, something that really strikes me when I read this passage. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. So what is um, – let's go, let's go back into the text 
um, chapter three says she, or sorry, not chapter three, verse three. Um, while Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who, meanwhile, wow, I should start over. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. So this woman, and based on Mark's account, we don't know who she is. She came in with this amazing jar of perfume. It would have been worth a year's wages. And she breaks it open and then pours it over Jesus' head. So talk about anointing and what comes to mind with mm-hmm. this image. Um, I don't know this for sure, but something that I find very interesting is that she used the entire bottle of perfume. Like, I just imagine if I'm, you know, doing some imagery in my head, like, that would just be dripping all over your face. And when I think of, like... Old Testament anointing, I don't remember it ever being described as so overflowing and overwhelming. Oh, yeah. It was very much like, let me place this finger of oil on your forehead. That's kind of how I always imagined Old Testament. And then seeing this is just so much and Uh so overwhelming and so overflowing. And um, thinking about like a year's worth of wages and thinking like, imagine if somebody broke a $100,000 bottle of perfume on my head. Like, that's expensive. Yeah, wow. I never even, I never thought about the overwhelming amount of perfume. Like, that's a lot of oil. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, in in the perspective of what we might imagine, like a drop of oil on someone's forehead mm-hmm. for that anointing, for burial or for kingship, this is like an overwhelming amount showing emphasis. Mm-hmm. It's like this woman didn't use her voice, but she used her alabaster jar of oil in like this super emphatic motion. Yeah. And even just thinking of like this smell, like it, this event on so many different senses would be overwhelming. Like the crushing of an alabaster jar, the scent that would be filling the air. Like this is a very physical symbol. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, on so many levels. Yeah. Wow. A friend of mine, um, we were talking about this passage like a few years ago, and he drew my attention to how this outpouring of her life um, this this life laid down, everything given and surrendered to Jesus, how that not only blesses Jesus, but becomes a beautiful scent for all those around. Mm-hmm. And how she gave her life for Jesus. And she did something that um, was not approved of in this text. You know, she was yeah. scolded for her act. Um, But actually, if you walked into a room where perfume had been poured out, there's an overwhelming smell. You talk about the senses, Mm -hmm. smell of her um, expressing her love for Jesus. And it's a pleasing smell. Mm -hmm. It's a smell that others could um, appreciate. And 
And I see a bit of a parallel to our lives too, of when we live our lives poured out for Jesus, it actually creates a perfume or a beautiful scent for those around us. Mm -hmm. I thought of, I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but it reminds me of, again, Old Testament when they were sacrificing in the temple. Like there would definitely be a smell associated with the sacrifices. Hmm. You would walk in there and you could smell people offering sacrifices to God. And then we see, you know, I don't know if that would be a good scent. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Carcasses yeah. and blood. Maybe it would smell like a barbecue. Probably not. I'm not sure. But then we flip to here and this same idea of like walking into a room and smelling. And it's just so similar but slightly different. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of like the connection of, yeah, Jesus being the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. And you walk into this space and you know that people have been, yeah, I don't know if the, necessarily the right word is sacrificing to him, but honoring him and, yeah. yeah. Well, she sacrificed a year's wages. So that, yeah. That's, that is a pretty big sacrifice. Yeah. That's crazy. I actually haven't, I haven't seen that perspective of this passage before, but yeah, that's, that's pretty significant. Yeah, it's just something I thought of. It was like the connections. <laughs> mm -hmm, totally. That's amazing. Well, as we close, mm -hmm. is there anything you would like to draw students' attention to right now? Um, I think I would just go back to the idea of the double-edged sword and kind of the implications of that are we are made very aware in this passage of the kingly nature of Jesus, and yet we are also made very aware of this idea of death and the king will have to die. And yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to not have Jesus at the center and being the king of your life. And it's really hard reading this particular passage, being like, this person had so much authority and so much power, and I have so little, but yet he like had to die. Mm -hmm. For me, and I think it's kind of just a weird thing to hold in balance. And Easter is definitely, yeah, you're made very aware in those moments of kind of this dual yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah, and even Jesus's response, he, as the, the religious leaders scolded this woman, Jesus turns to them and says, leave her alone. Mm -hmm. Why criticize her for, for doing such a good thing to me? Yeah. You'll always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. They were scolding her. The religious leaders were scolding her because it, it appeared wasteful to them. Yeah. Jesus says, you'll always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. And the book of Mark, we've already mentioned this, but the first half of the book of Mark is like an exploration of who is Jesus or who do we say Jesus is. And then, and then the, there's a turning point, and now it's, it's the passion. It's mm -hmm. now Jesus is, he's on his way to the cross, and he's made it explicit that this is where he's going. 
And I just think that sometimes we overlook this passage of, of yeah, the significance of what you talked about, the anointing mm-hmm. and anointing him for kingship because now we know this is, this is a very specific action of saying Jesus is the king mm-hmm. and yet he has to die yeah. and we're preparing him for burial. So, um, yeah. Thanks to everybody listening, and we're just going to take a moment to respond in prayer. And um, so wherever you are, if you just want to get into a comfortable position, put your feet maybe flat on the ground and take a few deep breaths. And um, let's just reflect and listen as Maria closes off our podcast. All right. Would you pray with me? Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kingship for your authority and your power. Lord, we just admit the times in our lives where we have not placed you as first. We have not given you the say that not only you deserve, but belongs to you. Um, Lord, just as we look forward to Easter and we grapple with the idea of the King who died for us, Lord, I just pray um, that we would have a similar response to this woman in Mark 14. That we would recognize the importance of who you are and how deserving you are of all we have. How deserving you are of our year's worth wages perfume, God. May we give it all. May we not hold anything back. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we approach this time of Easter. May you be revealing the remaining passages and some of the intricacies of the depths that we haven't thought of. May we see Easter in a new light this year. Lord, I just pray for each one of these students who is listening that they might be encouraged by this Easter story, encouraged by what it means for them and the freedom they are given because of it, Lord. And I just pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.